who or what was dismembering farmers' cattle in the Big Stone Gap area in the 1800s? Better yet, who or what was draining their blood? Was Big Stone one of the first places in Southwest Virginia to fall prey to a sadistic serial killer? Or was there really a vampire roaming the hills only 16 miles from where we're sitting tonight? All that and more on today's episode of What's Your Theory? Mag Jared, what'd you just tell me? Yeah. Uh there's a there's a few things it could be. Uh this is something cool. Uh we're going over something today that I'd never heard of before. And I'm very excited for it because if we drove sixteen miles down the road a little bit, we could theoretically find where all the stuff I'm about to tell you happened and get to feel the negative energy and the negative energy so are you telling me that there's some sort of uh, wild uh chupacabra that's what it reminds me of from just those first couple of sentences there i mean that could be that could be a theory for sure uh more specifically we're going to get into the uh the transylvania side of things tonight yeah at least that's a, a prevailing theory that everyone has uh, tonight's story is about a man only known as Rupp. R-U-P-P. What a name. Rupp. Yeah. Uh, this this was a man who came to Big Stone Gap, which uh, I guess if you're not from the area, there is a movie about it now. So yeah. it's, not, it's not like too much of the boondocks. Whoopi Goldberg was in it. Exactly. So, you know, it, basically if you haven't seen it, you're not cultured yeah a couple buddies i went to high school with are in the background i'm sure you know that's something that really pisses me off you know how much i'm into movies all my friends know how much i'm into movies when they were making that big stone gap movie they came to lehigh like adriana trigiani the girl that wrote the book came to lehigh and i guess to give like a oh look even if you're a writer from a small town you can have patrick wilson and Whoopi Goldberg in your movie, which is cool. Patrick Wilson, I mean, he was an Aquaman. It's true. He's the Ocean Master. But I miss that day. And it just so happened that they were also like, oh, and if you want to be a background extra, uh, sign this paper. We're filming this date and this date and this date. And yeah, I think a couple of my buddies are like coal miners, extras or something in the nice. background. And Makes me uh, I, I, it makes me so mad because I I feel like I never missed high school that much, but of course the one day I miss I miss my chance to get into the industry. Yeah, get into the industry, get your foot in the door. Right, right. But uh, we're gonna go back. That was what twenty fourteen maybe. Let's go back a few more years to about eighteen eighty eight. Okay. When a few. Uh, yeah, Big Stone got its name, and there's a big coal boom. If you're from the area, coal mining is like. You know how when a movie is set in New York, they're always like, New York is just, it's also a character, you know? It's not the setting, and New York's a character. It's always the character. I feel like coal mining is also a character in, I don't know, films such as Coal Miner's Daughter, (laughs) uh, Fried Green Tomatoes, maybe. Was there coal mining in that movie? I think so. And then there's the, I can't remember what movie, um, about the guy who, 
with the model rockets. Uh, October Sky? October Sky. I don't know. Is that set in Appalachia? I don't think I've ever seen that. There's plenty of coal miners in that, I'm sure. Is it? We do have an off-screen. Yeah, we do have an off-screen uh, guest. Fact checker. Fact checker. We we wanted to bring on a fact checker for the vampire episode because you don't want to be you can, you got to play it safe because they could be lurking all around us. That's right. The Cullens get very upset when you make up things about them. Yeah. So much so that uh, they might don the bat suit. <laughs> yeah. And take out all their frustrations. Gosh, I'm so excited for the Batman. By the way. So am I. I. Uh, I don't think I've ever been exci- as excited for a Batman movie since the Chris Nolan ones. But to get back on track, yeah, 1888, Big Stone gets its name. There's a huge coal boom, and settlers are coming from all over, not only like the area, but we have European settlers coming over looking to make it rich in the mining industry. And uh, y- you have all these European guys come over, with maybe some stories and folklore of their own that they're telling and right. maybe some things get skewed and, you know, people get scared, but it doesn't change the fact of what happened in Big Stone back in the 1890s, I think is what it was. I have a date somewhere, but uh, I'll have to find it here. And something I'm very excited about for this episode specifically is uh, I feel like a scholar. I've got two books here. Spooky Virginia, Tales of Haunting, Strange Happening, and Other Local Lore, uh, which is pretty cool. I've read a few stories about it. It breaks it down county by county in Virginia, and uh, there's a few cool ones close by to the area that I'd like to to look through. And this other one, uh, Mountain or Monsters of Virginia, Mysterious Creatures in the Old Dominion. Okay, so what you're saying is these two books are the sacred texts for which we're going to build our our lore? These books are the What's Your Theory Bibles. Okay. It's uh, the Wampus Cat is is named on the back of this one, and Snow is, so is the Snallygaster and the Snarly Yow, so I don't think you could get a much richer text. Okay. Uh, thanks to L.B. Taylor Jr. and the people at Stackpole books for uh, for hitting us with our sacred texts here. Not a sponsor. But the cool thing, yeah, not a sponsor. The cool thing about these books, though, is uh, it, it's uh, some of the the big stone one at least felt felt weird reading about it and knowing that it could have or could not have happened. You know. Okay. So what you're saying is now, after this episode, we've got to go to some big stone wilderness and. I know a guy who says that he could take us to the foundation of this cabin. I I feel like I'm teasing too much. I've got a I've got so the Spooky Virginia book has like the Criminal Minds version okay. of like it's it's a I've read through them. I'm excited to read it to you because there's some parts and I'm I won't try to be too funny with it, but they're uh, I think it is the point of view of a young girl. And okay, there's a little bit of love involved, but I'll, I'll get through it and I'll try to make it as scary as possible. Twilight before Twilight. Is Twilight before Twilight. Oh okay. my gosh, really? Yeah. I was trying to, they never say Rupp's first name. I was going to be like, Rupp has R- four letters, Edward Cullen, and I, none of it matches up. <laughs> I was trying to draw some parallels there. But the Monsters of Virginia book, 
is less uh it's kind of like the true crime documentary transcription of everything gotcha and then the spooky virginia one is the criminal minds subplots you know that kind of thing so i think i'm going to start with that one okay. uh it's a it's it's a few pages long uh but it's it's not too long i don't think it'll be too boring it's uh it's very good i think and i and i'm i'm i'm, I'm excited for you to hear it it's chapter 23 okay simply titled rup Big stone gap. <clears throat> Pa's face was grim when he came into dinner that night. Someone's been messing with our cattle, Maud, he said to Mama. She looked up from the stove, her face flushed pink from the heat and little tendrils of curls hanging down into her eyes. She brushed them away impatiently. What do you mean, she asked, catching up the kettle with a pot holder and, bring, and brought it over to the table to pour into the teapot. Two of our cattle are down, and that's not the worst of it. He glanced at me as he spoke, and I straightened up indignantly. I was 13 years old, practically a woman grown. There was trouble coming our way. I was old enough to handle it, and I said so to Pa. His face softened a fraction, and he tussled my hair. Then he told us what he found. Two of our cows had been dismembered in a back field. The head and hindquarters were all that remained of the cattle, and when Pa investigated the grizzly remains... He found that they'd been drained of every drop of blood. Mama went pale when she heard this. There was a story told in her family about a great aunt who died in mysterious circumstances over in Europe a long time ago. She too had been drained of blood, and her family thought she'd been killed by a vampire who'd been stalking young women in their town for several years. We were all thinking about the story, but none of us said the word aloud. We didn't want to jinx ourselves, although I couldn't think of anything else that would drain all the blood out of a creature. I shuddered and Pa patted my shoulder reassuringly. I'm sure there's a logical explanation for it, he said, unconvincingly. Maybe a bear got him. A bear that drinks blood? There, I'd said it. Mama winced and turned away. Just you keep your window closed at night, Katie, Pa said. And that was that. End of conversation. End of mystery. I'm just kidding. Just close it. What would you think? You're going to leave me hanging like that. <laughs> but it wasn't the end of the story. No, we'd only just begun. <laughs> Three days later, our neighbor lost a cow under the same mysterious circumstances. Then a family on the other side of the ridge, and then a farmer on the far side of town. There were lots of foreigners around these days. <laughs> Men who had come... From that feels weird to read. There are lots yeah. of foreigners around these days. Sounds, uh, sounds Let me familiar. reiterate, this is eight. Yeah, <laughs> this is 1890-whatever Big Stone, not to be confused with 2022 Big Stone. Uh, there were lots of foreigners around these days, men who had come from Europe to work in the mines, and they had heard of vampires, just like we had, though I doubted any of them had lost a family to one. A few days later, a number of prominent townsmen just happened to drop into the tavern after supper to discuss the matter. Most did live in these parts all their lives, but there were a few newcomers, too. All of them seemed above suspicion, though Mama made Pa carry garlic and a silver cross, just in case. Logical. During the meeting, the names of several men were bandied about, all of them newcomers and all of them minors. Everyone seemed to think it was one of them behind the cattle killings. After all, the men went down into the mines before daylight and came up after dark, a perfect setup for a vampire. No one came into any conclusion that night. 
but when Pa got home, he warned Mom and me to stay away from the mine, just in case. My best friend Joshua, who lived next door, came over after chores the next afternoon to discuss the mysterious cattle killings. I have an idea about that, he said importantly, swinging himself up onto the paddock fence and leaning his back against the post. There's that weird fella living on the other side of the ridge. Rupp, he calls himself. He's a newcomer and he works in the mines, and no cattle went missing before he arrived. I considered this. Rupp was a sort of neighbor of ours. We had to pass the turnoff to his remote cabin on our way to town. I'd only seen him once or twice, but each time something about him had frightened me. He was tall, thin, and very wide of skin, with blood-red lips and narrow dark eyes. It was the look in those eyes that made me want to run away whenever I saw him. They had a hungry look that made my skin crawl. And the two times I'd seen him had been both at night, both been at night. I'd never seen him during the day. Of course he's in the mine during the day, I said, continuing my thought out loud. Josh must have been following the expressions on my face, for he responded to my comment as if I'd spoke my previous thoughts aloud. He says he's in the mines during the day, he said. We have no proof that he's really there. But don't they have to sleep in their coffins or something like that? I asked, trying to remember the details about my great-aunt's supposed killer. Rupp lives in a one-room cabin. A coffin would be pretty obvious. Not if it's up in the loft. I'm going to check, Josh said, slipping down off the fence post. I'm coming too, I said. Josh froze in his tracks and then turned, a fierce, protective look on his face. You're going to stay right here with your pa and mama, he said. I don't want you anywhere near up. Do you hear me? I was startled and flushed a little at the look on his face. A few times that spring, I'd wondered if Josh thought of me as more than a friend. Now, I was certain. Promise me, Kate, he said sternly. I promised. I'll take Fred along. Safety in numbers, he said. Fred was the neighbor on the other side of Josh. He was a big, strong lad, a few years older than Josh and me. I nodded approvingly. They should be safe. I hoped. We were sitting down to dinner when Josh and Fred came bursting into the kitchen. Rupp, Josh gasped, his eyes going straight to my father. Rupp. Fred grabbed my father by the arm and the boys dragged him outside into the yard. Mom and I rushed to the window to watch and listen. The three of them stood by the paddock fence. We could hear their voices, but a storm was blowing up, and the wind whipped their words away before we could make them out. We saw Pa's face go grim, and then he left with the boys heading towards town. Mama told me to close all the windows and lock the doors. She got out the garlic and some of the holy amulets passed down in her family and draped them over us. Then we sat down in front of the fireplace and waited for Pa to come home. It was late when we heard someone fumbling at the front door. We glanced at each other, bodies tensed. Then we heard a key in the lock and knew it was Pa. He came wearily in and saw our worried faces at once in the shadowy firelight. The boys looked through the cabin window and saw Rupp gnawing on a raw calf leg, he said without preamble. We spoke to the sheriff about it, but he said it isn't against the law to eat raw meat. Folks in the tavern were pretty agitated by the sheriff's attitude, but his hands are tied since there's no actual proof that the cow's leg came from, the one, from one of the mutilated animals. No proof, he repeated as if trying to convince himself, but the look on his face told us he was convinced that Rupp was behind the dead cattle. Rumors buzzed around town for several days after Josh and Fred's visit to Rupp's cabin, but as the weeks passed without another dead cow, 
Things settled down. Then the town drunk went missing. Of course, he went missing twice a month on the regular, right after he got a paycheck, but this was different. He was still a week shy of getting paid, and he hadn't shown up for several days. Finally, the sheriff went looking for him and found his body in the valley, a quarter mile below Rupp's cabin. He was drained of blood and missing an arm and a leg. Unfortunately, Rupp was not, Rupp's was not the only home near the valley where the murdered man was found. The sheriff had to question everyone who lived nearby, including us. Everyone denied knowledge of the murder, including Rupp, who didn't show up at his cabin until well after dark on the day the body was found. He spoke to the sheriff at length in the small clearing outside his cabin, but did not invite him inside, and the sheriff couldn't force the issue without a search warrant, which he didn't have. The sheriff stopped by our house on his, after his interview with uh, Rupp to talk to Paul. He was a good friend of his. The two men decided the sheriff should apply to the judge for a search warrant for Rupp's place, if only to dispel the rumors surrounding the man. It was at least a two-day trip and could take even longer if the judge wasn't home. The sheriff headed out of the county courthouse the next morning, so he didn't hear about the traveling salesman who hadn't shown up to breakfast at the inn. The innkeeper's wife was alarmed when she went to make up his room and found the bed hadn't been slept in. The man's horse was still in the inn stable, but he was missing. We heard all about it at school that day. Everyone discussed it over lunch and decided that the vampire must have gotten the salesman either right before or right after he talked to the sheriff. All the girls, even me, shuddered at the thought, and Josh boldly took my hand to comfort me. He held my hand all through lunch and smiled shyly at me as we parted at the school door to go our separate desks. I had to run a few errands in town for Mama after school and I lingered too long in the grocery, looking longingly through the new book of dress patterns that had just arrived. It was dusk when I set off on the road home. My basket clenched at my side. The road was long and winding and already nearly dark in the shadow of the tall trees on either side. I kept remembering the story of the dismembered drunk and the missing salesman as I walked al alone down the road. Normally the nighttime woods were my friend, but not now, not since Rupp came. I shuddered at the thought, remembering that I had to pass the lane leading toward Rupp's cabin. I quickened my pace, wanting to be well away from the spot before true darkness fell. I wished that I had asked Josh to come on my errands with me, but I knew he had chores to do, so I hadn't. The wind whistled mournfully through the tops of the trees as I hastened down the darkening road. The smallest sounds made me jump, the rustle of small creatures in the underbrush, the hoot of a newly awakened owl, the racious squawking of a crow... I hugged the basket close to me, walking as fast as I could. I saw Rupp's lane ahead and sped up until I was almost running. My eyes kept straying toward the sinister, overgrown lane, more of a deer trail than a proper road. And that's how I spotted the man's shoes sticking out of the underbrush a few yards down the lane. I stopped suddenly, my whole body prickling with terror. Oh no, I thought. Please don't let it be the salesman. I wanted to run for home but I couldn't pass by without looking. What if it had been Pa who had gone missing, or Josh? I'd have wanted to know. I crept cautiously down the lane, the basket held in front of me like a shield. I parted the bush above the shoe, and a wave of nausea filled me as I spied the deathly white face and dismembered body of a man in a travel suit. I gasped, my whole body shaking in reaction to the sight, and then I froze as behind me a voice hissed, Hello, little girl. What brings you here on this lovely night? It was Rupp. Our world with a shriek impressed my back into the brush that held the salesman's body up. H Hello, Mr. Rupp, 
I whispered, holding the basket up between us. I, I thought I saw something in the bushes, but I was it, it was just a trick of the light. I lied desperately. The vampire's dark eyes glowed with a reddish glint in the dim twilight. Twilight. His pale face was almost ruddy with the new blood he'd taken from his victim. It was obvious that he didn't believe my story. It was also obvious that I was not going to make it out of this situation alive. He smiled at me in the gloaming, and I saw two incisors slowly lengthen into sharp points as he raised his hands toward my throat. And then another voice came from the main road. Kate? Katie, are you there? It was Josh, coming to look for me. His words were echoed immediately by a deeper man's voice. Paw. Here, I screamed, here! And as quick as a flash, Rupp disappeared into the woods beside me. So light on his feet was the vampire that I did not, I did not hear a rustle or a twig crack. Paw and Josh came running into the lane, and I fell into their arms, babbling desperately about Rupp and the dead salesman in the bushes behind me. Paul took one look into the shrubbery and sent me home with Josh. I clung to my best friend, weeping and explaining how Rupp had appeared from nowhere and how he had reached for my throat. When I mentioned Rupp's elongated incisors, my voice went all to pieces and Josh looked rather uh, murderous himself. He explained that they'd grown worried when I wasn't home by dusk and he'd come to look for me, knowing I'd have to pass Rupp's lane on my way home. Thank God we did, he added fervently, hugging me close to him. Josh made sure I was safe in my mother's arms before he returned to town with Pa to see what the men meant to do about Rupp. Mama and I were preparing for bed when we heard shouts coming from the lane down the road. Rushing to an upper window, we saw through the trees the flickering light of torches heading toward Rupp's place. Not long after, we saw a massive fire reaching up and up to the sky and knew the vampire's cabin was burning. Pa came in around midnight and we both rushed downstairs to meet him. He's gone, Pa said, sinking wearily into a kitchen chair. We searched everywhere, but, it, but he knew we'd be after him after he threatened Kate, and he bolted. The cabin was full of blood and gore and dismembered body parts, some of them human. Pa's face went a bit green at the memory, and for a moment I was afraid he'd lose his dinner. But he recovered after a moment and went on. Search parties scoured the woods around the cabin, but we found nothing. So we torched the cabin to discourage him from coming back. We'll start the search again at first light, but my guess is he's gone. And Pa was right. The posse combed the woods for several days in a row while folks in town and the outlying farms held their breath in fear. But there was no sign of Rub. By the time the sheriff returned to town with his now useless search warrant, everyone agreed that the vampire calling himself Rub had fled the county. Mama made me carry garlic and holy ambulance on me whenever I went outside that autumn and winter. But by the time spring rolled around, even she was convinced that the vampire was gone. She and Pa strictly forbade me to go near the burned-out cabin in the woods. Not that they needed to. I still had nightmares about that moment I'd found the dismembered body of the traveling salesman in the bushes and heard Rupp's voice behind me. It probably always would. Some folks in town say the men overreacted that night. They say Rupp was a sadistic killer, but no vampire. But Josh and I know better. He bought me a silver cross for my last birthday and had it specially blessed by a priest. When he gave it to me, he made me promise that I would wear it around my neck all the days of my life and never take it off. That's a vow I intend to keep. Okay. The end. The end. Katie is interesting. Is she a reliable narrator? I don't, I don't know. She seems 
There are a lot of questionable decisions in this story. There is. There is. <laughs> but what are your first uh what are your first takes on the story of Rupp here? Like I said, that was definitely like the criminal minds yeah. version. Um that's interesting. I, I I can't believe I've never heard a story. Right, Mike. I feel like if I feel like I would have heard about this at some point in my life. Considering, I don't know. He was possibly a vampire. Yeah, at the at the very least, he was a sadistic killer. I mean, like you said, <laughs> um, yeah, right. It's like a cannibalistic serial killer too. Yeah, if he's chomping on supposed raw human meat, and I guess that would start with <coughs> trying the cows first. I guess. Yeah, but it was. Uh, I'll uh, I'll quickly read because it's. Nowhere near as long. It's literally okay. just a page. It's basically the same thing you just heard, but without all the Katie and Josh BS. Okay. It's on. It's it's honestly just minus a lot of the BS in general. It's kind of a hashing out of what it actually could be. It's called Terror in Big Stone Gap. Uh, a second case of possible vampire in Virginia surfaced in the 1890s, soon at, and I will say this too, soon after Bram Stoker's novel Dracula had been published. That makes me feel a little less like... Yeah. I don't know. It's not like many people <laughs> like a in vamp- Big Stone Gap are reading. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. How many people in Big Stone Gap in the 1890s are reading Bram Stoker? But again, like it just takes one person that actually knows Bram Stoker, and then very true, they very create true. this elaborate thing, and then everybody believes it because all those foreigners, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, it was the eighteen nineties after the novel, and it occurred near Big Stone Gap. Listen to this in the extreme southwestern part of the state. Extreme. I, I'm going to have to start using that because I'd never <laughs> heard it be referred to as the extreme southwest. Uh, and it began when a local farmer found two of his prize cows slaughtered in the field. This in itself was not particularly noteworthy because wild animals such as bears and wolves roamed the the woods freely in those days. But what made this incident gruesomely unusual was the way the cows had been destroyed. Both beasts had been dismembered, with the attacker leaving only the head and the hindquarters of each cow, and both had been drained of blood. Well, I think if that's the only thing remaining, I'm sure there's no blood left. <laughs> right. Weird that it's just the head and the yeah, the front and the back, I guess. It says, over a period of time, other domestic animals were found butchered in the same manner. Uh, suspicion centered on a reclusive European known only by the name of Rupp. He had been among the thousands of outsiders and foreigners who descended upon this rural area in hopes of finding instant wealth in the mines. Rub lived in a crude log cabin in the woods, far from any other human. <laughs> he was rarely seen in town, and speculation arose when two boys came upon his cabin one day. Through a window, they saw the hermit sitting before the fireplace, eating a large piece of raw meat. The boys said it looked like the leg of a cow. Uh, at that point, superstition and suspicion ran wild, and the townspeople demanded that the sheriff arrest him. But with no evidence and no one... Having seen him kill any of the cows, uh, he couldn't really do anything about it. And then a few weeks later, the town drunk went missing. 
Short time after that disappearance, his body was found in the woods, completely drained of blood and with an arm and leg missing. The site was only a quarter of a mile from Rupp's cabin, yet still no action was taken. And then it talks about the traveling salesman who was found in a forest near Rupp's place, his body also missing limbs and drained of blood. A number of vigilantes decided to take matters into their own hands. Armed to the teeth, they marched at night to the cabin. The door was unlocked. And when they entered, they recoiled in horror. The smell was overpowering. Body parts were strewn all over the floor, a scene that sent several of the men outside retching. Rupp was nowhere to be found. The men then set fire to his cabin, and it burned to the ground. A posse was formed the next morning, and the surrounding woods were thoroughly searched, but nothing was found. Rupp was never seen again, but ever since, whenever mysterious killings of livestock or humans occur in the Big Stone Gap region, memories of the suspected vampire surface once again. So, it seems to me like it was uh, something that maybe happened, like actually happened, because I also found in some of my research that it was never reported in like the local paper and there's never i don't think there's actual documentation of it like in the area so it could just be one of those being don't don't be outside after dark kind of stories to keep your kids afraid to go into the woods but at the same time i was telling you earlier i know a guy who who tells me that he could take us to the foundation of the cabin the burnt down cabin. I'd be down. I would be down too. Uh, I've heard that people have have uh, reported animals or people maybe going missing up by the cabin sometimes. And uh, if you go at night, you might hear faint screams or something of, uh, I don't know, I guess the people that were up killed. I'm not mm-hmm. sure, but... I'm telling you, he swears he can take us to the the foundation of the cabin where it happened. Okay, well, let's grab so some. and and for there to be a an actual place in Big Stone that people all can kind of agree that oh yeah, that's that was Rupp's cabin. You know what I mean? Yeah. It makes me feel like maybe it was just one of those things that maybe we didn't have a, a newspaper or some sort of like news outlet at the time in the area. And it was just one of those word of mouth kind of stories. Yeah, and then maybe even if we did, like the, it's easy for those papers to get lost. I'm sure. Exactly. Yeah. But I, uh, it really, really interests me for it to be such a close yeah. story of a uh, vampirism, which arguably is real. It's not a, yeah. it's not fake, but it's it's not the same as. Nosferatu or Dracula, I guess. Being immortal and yeah, drinking people's blood to survive. Can't see yourself in a mirror. Have to be invited into a house. Vampires have some pretty stupid rules. Yeah. I, uh, the mirror thing I could probably be fine with. Because if, yeah. if I'm living forever, I don't need to... I've seen myself a million times at that point. I don't need to see myself ever again. Exactly. Listen, but the whole... Uh, I like garlic too much. Yeah, garlic's uh, amazing. I, mean, I don't think we put garlic in literally everything. Couldn't do that. I don't do... I don't go to people's homes. I feel like I don't need to be in... The, I feel like the places where I go, I'm invited 
yeah. just like in general. Does a, if that makes sense? Does like a, a pre-invitation work for a vampire? So like, uh, yeah, yeah, you can come over, but like once they get to the house, they have to be. <laughs> yeah, can you can you be again. like, oh yeah, come over anytime? Does that work, or does it have to be? Uh, come on in. You can enter my home on February twenty seventh at six o five p.m. So I have to be that specific. Maybe. Do they go over that in Twilight? Are there? I don't know. I I was gonna say that that first story. What, what is the appeal? What is the appeal with love and vampires? Because any vampire story I hear about or see is it's it's always some stupid love story. Is it because of the whole immortality thing, or maybe I don't know? They just they can't feel love, like so. It's like, what if they what if they did? I mean, yeah, I guess I. I just I will never be able to take Twilight seriously after the first movie <laughs> uh when I I think it's Bella is walking into the room the classroom and like <laughs> I think a fan turns or something and like blows her hair and it's like ha 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 funny moment but then Edward smells her and he acts like it is it's like you slammed his face in a pile of dog crap it is the worst <laughs> smell this man's ever smelled and you're supposed to be like Oh my God, this is the greatest love story ever. People say, oh, this is the greatest love story since Twilight. That's what we're going to base great love stories on. And I understand, like, I guess it was the pheromones. Like, he was too turned on by Bella. He just like, I need some nose plugs or something. But I like to think of it as like, holy shit you need to shower please don't sit next to me and then she sits next to him and he's just like oh god yeah now he has to be nice to her and it just gets him farther than he ever wanted to be you smell strong <laughs> by the last movie they've had a kid and he's like i really did waste my entire high school career but by, by the last movie and book like the the child is that that whole situation is just strange well, I mean, come on. What, what's what's really strange about your werewolf buddy imprinting on your unborn daughter? There's come on. That's everyday life. What was she on when she wrote those books? I don't know. She she had a. It came to her in a dream, right? That's the whole. Did it? I I, I don't. I, don't I think know the, the, the I idea for the first Twilight. I think she has gone on record and said it came to her in a dream. It should have stayed there. It should have. She yeah. <laughs> she should have stayed asleep. I feel like back in the day when I was a an avid Facebook, like I'm talking 2010, 2011 Facebook. Prime. I feel like I posted some sort of meme where it was. The top half was Stephanie Meyer being like, the idea came to me in a dream. And then for whatever reason, the bottom was like a picture of Dumbledore saying like, stay asleep or something like that. <laughs> I can see it. And I like, I feel like I posted it with like, Dumbledore knows the facts. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, uh, I, that exclusive. Uh, I wish my parents conference. never allowed me to use Facebook because <laughs> now I I don't use it anymore now, I feel like. But sometimes I'll go on there just to see what stupid stuff I used to post. Yeah, like two-word posts and you're like, yeah, totally. Just woke up. Yeah. You, we We really were using Facebook as Twitter before Twitter was Twitter. But I wonder if Rupp would have used Twitter. 
I bet he would have. Just drained some blood. Just drank some blood. Hashtag extreme Southwest Virginia. (laughs) Just got these cool goods um, uh, from Europe. It's a coffin and... (laughs) Like a like a a red cape with like the big collars. <laughs> yeah, the big he just collar. like, um, why does he wear that down into the mines? I don't know. He's a foreigner. I'm sure that. I can't believe they that. I get that. I guess it was for the time, but I, I was reading through it earlier too, and I was like, ugh, yeah, her, ugh. But it's uh, it's cool to know that. This area had such an influx of European immigrants and settlers. I've got some thoughts about that first story. For like a story that you want to create? Not well, yeah, but just some thoughts like that I'm that I'm looking at like, that I wrote down. First off, I want to say it's been a hundred and almost a hundred and forty years, and um, people still use the phrase, "Yeah, he's just the neighbor over the ridge." Right? Yeah, I know. He uh he's kind of our neighbor. We do we have to we do pass the driveway that goes five miles up to his house. So yeah. uh yeah, but he's still our neighbor. You could say that, I guess. I mean, yeah. and he you know, Bill is the neighbor on the other side of the ridge, but Josh is the neighbor on the underside of the valley before you yeah. get to the next ridge. But then I don't think we've ever really seen any of them. To be yeah, honest. I really. It's like, we've heard about them. We think they're there, but uh, they seem like nice folk. They don't bother us much. But yeah, um, Rupp had his little one-room cabin. Yeah. I, I like to picture he had a one-room cabin, there's a fireplace, a ta- like a coffin in the corner, and then just like a a wooden table with like a like a cow's leg, <laughs> like a human arm just kind of sitting there. Looks like um there's a, a place you can go in Skyrim that like you open oh the door and you go inside and it's just like uh Serial killers kind of mingling abode. the serial killer club. Yeah. It's a game I'd like to play again. Elden Ring just came out. It looks Ooh, really yeah. cool. Uh, George R. R. Martin had a hand in coming up with some of the lore to that. That's what I heard. It's one, it's one of those games too where it's like you you have the choice of being like a knight like kind of character or like, you know, a sorcerer. But then there's just a, a samurai option. Yeah, it feels kind of out of place, but every all the clips I'm seeing, people are rocking with this samurai. Well, um, if it's anything like my friend Zach has told me that it's like all the Souls games, like Sekiro, Souls, and right. Bloodborne, like all rolled into one, and I'm like, <sighs> yeah, who who asked for this? But it's it's one of the highest rated like modern games I've seen. Yeah. It's, people are giving it like ten out of ten across the board. I wouldn't doubt it. Um, okay, so next thought. Um, Katie's a literal child. <clears throat> yeah, she's like, I'm just about to turn 13 years old. I should be able to protect the family, yeah. even against a vampire. Well, what? She, okay, what does she think she's gonna do against? Let's not even say that it's a person. Whatever is ripping apart cattle and yeah, <laughs> very well could have been a chupacabra. <clears throat> yeah, that you know, like, uh, I'm surprised I didn't see more chupacabra theories. I really yeah. wanted to find uh, that. There's a theory apparently that this guy was also Rumpelstiltskin, actually mm-hmm. somehow. I don't know how it fits into Rumpelstiltskin didn't dismember right. anybody, right? He was just kind of like a hustler. Yeah, he, he was, was kind a of a scammer. Thought, yeah, 
I, uh, I couldn't find anything about that one, though. I'll have to ask uh, my buddy Nick about it and have him tell me about it a little bit more. But I think the the biggest... Well, no, continue on. Katie is, is a kid. Yeah. She, uh, she, she gets distracted at the... The dress book, the, some new dress patterns came in at the grocer. Yeah, I feel like that was an unnecessary detail. I <laughs> well, I guess she has to have a reason to be walking home oh, at yeah, night. Yeah, that's right. But here's the thing. If uh, I think she dispels the story in her own story, right? Because she's walking home and she's already said like five times in the story that her mom's making her carry around garlic and like holy ambulance. So if she's walking home that night with pockets full of garlic and crucifixes, how can uh, Rupp come up behind her and be like, hello, little girl? I don't know. I thought that she only started doing that after. Maybe so. Maybe. I, I don't know. Maybe so. Well, yeah, I guess that's right. Because I guess. Afterwards, she's like, I, yeah, we next, can't have like, the yeah, f- We can't have this happen again. So now start carrying the garlic. Yeah, yeah I guess that makes sense. Uh, the sheriff sucks. He's just bad. Like, um, it's not illegal to eat raw meat. Um, I mean, I guess it's not, but yeah, I feel like he could have done a little more in regards to uh, protecting and serving there. Well, and then it's like, um, uh, yeah, these boys came and they told me that he was eating a raw cow leg. Okay, uh, you know, maybe he doesn't do anything there. And it's like, yeah, you can't. But then it's like, yeah, then we discovered a dead body, dismembered. and Yeah, and, and but it's like, yeah, the first one's the town drunk and the sheriff's just like, uh, well, kind of glad he's maybe gone. Maybe he's killed two birds with one stone. Like, he does take up space in the jail. <laughs> but then, like, the traveling salesman gets killed and the sheriff's like, well, they do annoy us when they come through town i don't know they are selling their godless things and yeah whatnot. yeah and then they have to vigilante style <laughs> freddy krueger his house and then he he cut they're all like peeing on the rubble they're like take that rub and then the sheriff rides up i've got the warrant there's no house to search now they've burnt it all down as well as probably all the evidence yeah all the dead body parts in there and the blood. And then, like, I just, like, okay, so you... The the part of the story that I really, really hated when it, uh, was... Um, <laughs> that's always a fun... This That's the part of the movie that I hated the most. It's like, oh, the part that was the most stupid was... <laughs> I, those are always the best conversation starters, I feel like. So whenever um, she, you know, she's about to get killed by Rupp and then... Uh, what's his name yeah josh and her dad Our comes hero. by and then rup disappears okay fair enough then i don't know if maybe i misheard you but it sounded like josh like paul was like yeah josh take her home and then like they went on and then he's just like yeah i'll fight a i'll fight a vampire by myself yeah he did <laughs> they they come to her aid and as as quick as a shadow and nothing not a twig nor a Brussels snapped under his feet. He's fl- flees off into the woods, and yeah, he's like Josh, get her home to Ma. And I, I, I imagine him like, this is where I sound real stupid. Did they have shotguns in the eighteen nineties? I think so. I, uh, I want him to have like a pump shotgun. I know they didn't have those, but like I, I imagine him like Bruce Campbell, Army of Darkness style, be like, 
get her home to Maud. I'll take care of this. And then, like, just <laughs> run into the woods. Or it's, yeah, because he comes home after they've been waiting and he's just like, he's gone. Oh, yeah. And there's like, yeah, there's like blood and bodies yeah, he, everywhere in the cabin. <laughs> we went to his house. There was feet and hands and arms and fingers and legs, some of them human. Uh, some of the guys threw up, so uh, we scorched the place. Yeah. We burned it down. It's like, okay. Uh, sure. And then afterwards, they went in search parties looking for the guy. Like, yeah. I, what are you going to do? If I was rough, I would have fled town too. Stake to the heart. Do you think they would know that? Well, apparently. They knew about garlic and. Yeah, that's. Holy amulets. The the first I, I like the um or the second one obviously is seems to be more rooted in somewhat truth but like the yeah. first one just like there's so much like weird going on like that they wouldn't I mean they could know I like uh, they were I guess their like grandparents or whatever from Europe could have been like yeah vampires existed blah 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 this is what we do but then like I'm also trying to think like did they have garlic. Yeah, were they just growing garlic? Yeah, in big stone or getting it at the grocery store. The entire time I read that, I I was picturing like Little House on the Prairie. Yeah, characters and stuff. And I can see uh, as much as I hate it because he's my favorite character. I could see Nels being a a pretty sadistic vampire, just because he is a scrawny old man. But I think the biggest uh. The biggest theory people are taken after uh, away from this is yeah yeah yeah. What was even more terrifying was that Rupp was still on the loose. Yeah, this is after they had burned his cabin down. Uh, it was thought Rupp died in his woods, but nobody with nobody found uh, who he remains as a or. I think the person that wrote this, let me find their name so I can put them on blast. That's the picture, by the way, for uh, Virginia Vampires. Disappointing. It is disappointing. It's just... Uh, Looks like... Um, it's not scary at all. Yeah. I don't know if the camera would be able to pick it up, but it's just like a weird flame face. I'm honestly not even sure if the camera's on. <laughs> Well, it might not be, but either it, way, it just uh, for some reason it disconnected. So I, I don't know. It's the vampires. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, Verona Jones, uh, when you posted Virginia's vampires to this website on August twenty third, twenty twenty one, you should have you should have proofread it. What was what was even more terrifying was the thought that Rupp was still on the loose. Search parties turned up nothing. It was thought Rupp died in his woods. With no body found, who he remains a mystery. Folktales say Rupp's spirit haunts the land and cabin. The citizens of Big Big Gone Big Gone Stack. <laughs> Big Stone Gap. Maybe I'm that's what I get for making fun of someone. Uh they're writing articles. What am I doing? Not writing articles. Uh the citizens of Big Stone Gap stay away from the area even today. One could argue that Rupp was a cannibal rather than a vampire, which 
obviously yeah. makes more sense. Like there's well-documented cases of that. And that's what I was talking about. Like the vampir vampirism being an actual thing. There are some serial killers who consider themselves vampires, yeah. or, you know, like get off on the thought of drinking blood and like, you know, all that. Yeah. It's, ugh, it's weird. Uh, it says, I can see that, but it doesn't explain how he drained the blood. And uh, this was interesting to me because uh, this reports that there was no blood in the field with any of the animals. Wow. So how could Rupp have drained that much blood and not make a mess? I mean, it's now that, that, that's what throws up a few extra yeah. questions because... And and see this, and I, I hate to be this way, but there it, because it, I I want to say that he was a German immigrant that had come over, and like you all the time see German characters in books, movies, and stuff being like the creepy scientist or like and like I, I get a kick out of a what is his name? He is this German comedian. He's on Conan a lot. Uh, he has a funny name. He was in the new Suicide Squad movie. He played Javelin. I can't remember his name. That's going to make me so mad. I'm going to look it up. But uh, he was on Conan once. And uh, Conan was like, well, I mean, like, how do you feel about Germans all the time, like, playing the bad guy? And he's like, oh, you know, it's it's okay. We get past it. And he's like, well, who plays the bad guys in, like, German movies? And he's like, uh, Germans. <laughs> <laughs> and like it's like okay, I I, I get it. Well, um, Flula Flula Borg is his name. Uh, but I was what I was going into with that was like it does kind of fit the bill of like the creepy German guy coming over in 1890, and it's like of course he would be the one that just so happens to know how to like I know how to drain the blood from a cattle without, without the mess. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Well, you want to know something very interesting. So um, as soon as you said, or before you even mentioned German, I, I was going to tell you about an, another serial killer um, that uh, does kind of like the vampirism mm. thing. Uh, have you ever heard of uh, Peter Corthen? Maybe? It doesn't ring a bell. How about the, the vampire of Dusseldorf? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's the guy? Um, I've heard of the vampire of Dusseldorf. Yeah, so he was um he was a well attempted serial killer right. in uh in Germany during like the thirties, I think. Let me see. What was his attempted? No, eighteen ninety seven. Oh no, sorry, sorry. Maybe it really was Bram Stoker had caused like Yeah. Cause you gotta think, that's something that watching Criminal Minds has done to me. Seeing how like someone like that thinks these days, that doesn't mean that serial killers like that probably had the same thought processes back in the day. Like they had to have something to be an inciting, yeah, you know, something had to be the catalyst for them to start their killing. So maybe, maybe these European guys who probably were more well read than yeah, people in Big Stone, maybe they read you know, some Bram Stoker or something and they, they knew that they'd probably get caught in Europe. So they just came over to, you know, 
I'll go work work in the mines and just use it as a cover up to we'll go do my killings. And I will yeah, do I a will, bit of killing on this side and all that. I will mine the coal and if <laughs> I kill the town drunk, I will kill the town drunk. I don't care. But um, uh, he the vampire duel starts great. Um, because he's like so inept. I mean, it's awful. Like his victims, it's awful. But he's just the most inept serial killer I think I've ever heard. There goes my apple. And he he was just trying to be something. He was trying to be a great like one of the, you know. Yeah. Also, he like made serial killers aren't great. I, I was a bit, he was trying to be one of the greats, one of the greats, one of the one of the Jeffrey Dahmer's. <laughs> Who's on the Mount Rushmore of serial killers? <laughs> but uh, he, he he went a long time without being caught, but he also didn't kill anybody that he tried to kill. <laughs> maybe it's just a maybe that's a serial killer loophole. It's like I'll um, if I don't kill him, <laughs> I mean. Uh, um, but uh, his first kill was apparently in 1899. So, dang, maybe yeah, that's I, th- I, I actually something cool to look into. Yeah, I actually thought that it was much like I thought he was like in the 1930s, mm-hmm. but no, it's um, like 1899, 1900, 1904, um, first murders in 1913. So that's really like right around that yeah it's the same time period for sure and then he um he is also the partner at there's more like a string of serial killers around that time in uh in the at at the time of the weimar republic because of um just the economy was terrible um trying to think of what the other one was called i think it was like the werewolf of something it might be in this book there's um there's a whole section in monsters of virginia dedicated to werewolves the phantom white wolf a werewolf in the cumberland gap the wolf girl a werewolf in henrico county this this article is also saying that uh so Bram's so Dracula was published in 1897. Okay. Uh, vampires permeated Eastern European folklore. Um, tales terrorizing small villages in the dark of night. Uh, they vampires were blamed for anything locals did not understand or could not explain. Uh, da 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 da. People could become vampires after death because of their misdeeds while they were alive. Drunks, thieves, accused witches, murderers, or anyone excommunicated from the church could become a vampire after death. And this is interesting. Uh, The ancient lore of driving a stake through the heart was the accepted method of killing a vampire. But it says here there are certain parts of Virginia, however where this method also pertains to those early settlers who committed suicide. Dating back to the 1600s, um, suicide victims and their bodies were buried at a nearby crossroads and a stake was driven through their heart. It wasn't until a medical doctor, 
John Polidori wrote a short horror story called The Vampire, published in 1819, that presented the vampire as a gentleman camouflaged within society as a regular man. And then it gets into rough stuff and big stone. Yeah. Da, da, da. But um, just because I, I had the, the other one that I was thinking that was uh, Friedrich uh, Heinrich Harman, uh, otherwise known as the Butcher of Hanover or the Vampire of Hanover. Vampire of um, Same time, 18, he was born in 1879, died in 1925. Um, <clears throat> trying to... Yeah, he was like successful right. like a very sadistic man i think he um really like took advantage of the the um the economy at the time and everything but um it's very interesting that um that a place like big stone yeah also had a a vampire like kit like vampire like killings around the same time that these other places were yeah Within the span of either the same year or like one or two years. Yeah. That's really weird. It's a, it's a really cool story to know. I wish, uh, I'm glad I found out about it because, I mean, how many times have you been to Big Stone? Yeah. You know what I mean? We, we'll have to go up there to try to find the, yeah, the foundation cabin. of the cabin. Yeah. Then we got to figure out, you know, whose land it's on and then we got to, uh, <laughs> Get filming rights and yeah, they're like and uh, make a make a found footage film. We go up there and shoot at Rupp's cabin. I'm no, it's it's going to be one of those things where we find out who owns the land, and when we go to ask, like we'll <laughs> knock on the door, and it'll just slowly creak o- creak open, and it'll be a yes. a tall, gangly, pale face, lips as red as blood. It'll just be another vampire. Yeah, watching over the the sacred lands of Rupp. So what's your theory? I know, I know uh, this this might fall on the more true crime level of things for the show, but it's a vampire nonetheless. So so what do you think with Old Rupp? I think this is it's such an interesting story because I, I've never heard of it, but it seems like something that should like I, I should have heard of. Right. I think. Um. I'm not sure if I, I believe in vampires. I don't think somebody could... The traditional vampire. Yeah, maybe, um, I don't know. Maybe we'll go up there and get proven wrong. Get uh, a visit by a good old Rupp. But I, I do think, however, that um, it's very possible that there was a serial killer that decided maybe he had a taste for some raw um, uh, cow flesh and then was like, I wonder what a human finger tastes yeah. like. I uh, I think I have to agree I also don't buy into the idea of the traditional, like, see the incisors grow, you know, bite the neck, the sunlight, you know, garlic aspect of everything. I do, however, think that some European settler came over here and tried to to ease some of his curiosities with raw cow meat because i mean if you're gonna be that way the easiest i think i think you got to start somewhere and they 
they always say serial killers start with animals. Like yeah. it's always bad when someone's mutilating an animal in general, but yeah. Uh, and for his his first human victim to be the town drunk that always goes missing, I feel like there was thought put into that, yeah. regardless of if he was a vampire or not. A traveling salesman is the next person to die. Hmm, someone who doesn't live in the county and is traveling yeah. through might not know where he's going next. Blah blah blah. It just, it seems like a too too much of an on the nose kind of work of a a serial killer i will say though don't know what to say about him not being found yeah that's interesting i think well unless i mean the 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 kate story does play a good point with the dad saying that he probably knew we were going to be after him yeah which if you think about it so let's take the 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 katie story kind of um She's 13, obviously, at this point. I think it's very reasonable to assume that maybe Rupp did, um, you know, she maybe found the body and Rupp was there and he was going to kill her. Maybe he didn't, you know, grow incisors and or have incisors grow, but maybe, you know, in her mind, that's what happened for sure. And then luckily her father and uh, Josh showed up and he ran off and, yeah, it's. I was looking here to make sure these stories are retold by S.E. Schlosser. And obviously, I, I think we both realized that the Katie story is heavenly, he, heavily fictionized to yeah. play up to the actual accounts. But uh, where was I going with this? Oh, I, I'm, I'm trying not to let the whole fake character of Katie's yeah. interactions with Rub <laughs> try to dispel my thoughts in any way. But I, uh, if, if, if he was actually killing these cattle and he ended up killing these two men, I'm sure the townspeople, that's all it took for them to want to gang up and go do things on their own. So that's, yeah. that's if, if he heard rumblings of that throughout town, maybe he just dipped town earlier than any, anyone realized. And yeah, he just left uh and i think it's like the um is it's interesting because it's a common theme especially at that point in history um just like struggling economies so i mean yeah i'm sure at that point in time um while the coal mines were there i'm sure it was still at a point where workers were being heavily exploited oh absolutely um even though they were working, you know, probably 16 hours a day or whatever, they probably made little to no money or were in, you know, a coal mining town, blah, 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 blah. Or died. Yeah. In um, the mines. So, and, and, you know, even further thinking about, um, you know, the other two serial killers, I'm also thinking of, of another who was also in the, I, I think he was in the Weimar Republic, who was literally just like, it actually kind of reminds me of uh, Sweeney Todd. He basically, mm-hmm. he was a butcher and he just killed actual people. and <laughs> Didn't sell their meat, did he? He did. Oh. <laughs> I can't remember his name, though. Good. <laughs> we all need to forget that, man. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think, my dear, I think Rupp was probably a real person. And, uh, Probably was just a one of the area's first real gruesome yeah. serial killers, 
and maybe the story just kind of got hyperbolized over the years to be a one of those tells you tell your kids to keep them out of the woods at night yeah keep them out of trouble but it definitely feels like a story that's rooted in some sort of reality to me um but i don't think he was a i want to suck your blood i think he was just a he i want to suck your blood yeah but i'm going to kill you yeah more like a well adder uh, I don't. I don't know. I know. I, I'm going into a. I don't even. I was going into a Russian accent. Ooh. I feel like, but I don't think we need any of that. No, we it's don't hard need to. Any of that. No, enough spooky tales. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I was happy to bring Rup to uh, not only my attention but to your attention and hopefully other people's attention that didn't know about this. Uh, it's cool to me. Yeah. Like I said, 16 miles. I, I was in Big Stone yesterday. Yeah. Eating dinner with the fam. The fam. Rupp could have been watching over us the whole time. He could have. Could have been watching you leave. Been like, man, I know he's been researching me and reading about me. He's got that book. <laughs> that, that book. I've tried to collect them all, but one still yet remains. <laughs> Screw you, Rupp. Come find me. Just kidding. The Big window, step. the blinds behind you are open, and I'm afraid I'm just going to see Rupp's face in the. I, that's why I keep looking over yeah. that way. Um, this this wasn't as, as scary of a story as as last week, or honestly, some of the accounts that we've read before, Bigfoot and Mothman. But oh yeah, I, that's one last thing. I was I was for sure you were setting up setting me up for a a whirling wimpus. Uh, joke in the in the first story when you were like she was walking and the the wind blew and i was like oh here we go <laughs> the wind was blowing an awful mess i heard this uh droning buzzing sound and my immediate thought was to look up to the trees and then i died <laughs> and then i died <laughs> but i lived but I, I died but i lived to tell the tale hopefully uh hopefully we can get enough research put together for a whirling wimpus episode we talk about it every episode and we, yeah. we got to give them their their due diligence i think but i feel like this was a good uh a, a good little change of pace breaking into some maybe true crime yeah i think <laughs> i don't like to call it true crime because it's it, it could not be you know it could just be a story but it's not like a, a cryptid tale or a yeah, well, paranormal this, tale, but it's still scary. Yeah, I think this opens us up to talk about, um, you know, a lot more stuff. I, I, yeah. I would like to talk about um, the first thing that comes to mind is that um, I don't know the guy's name. Uh, you know, Frightmare Manor. Yeah, like the plantation mm-hmm. that it's on. Mm-hmm. That guy who was a serial killer. Supposedly. I d- I did not know Frightmare was on the the cursed lands of a serial killer. They don't. I'm just gonna say this. It, I, I did it, not enjoy Frightmare Manor. Ooh, like, just, <laughs> I did not. It's like apparently one of the scariest. I've never been haunts in like the nation, but it's not. I did not think it was too big of a wuss. I've I've gone to one, um, haunted house with a church I used to go to, and all illusion was taken away from me when. 
the guy in the scream mask was like creeping us all out in the line and then one of his buddies is walking away and then him going instantly from like hey i'm gonna kill you to be like oh oh uh, hey travis and then he just like starts <laughs> running away from his buddy i'm like well, you just ruined this whole experience for me now like i knew it was just high school punks and yeah. masks but now i'm just not gonna be scared at all because you're just gonna be wondering where travis is I so it's Jeremiah Lexer. It's on that uh, his Jeremiah Lexer. Yeah, his plantation sounds like a that's like a Lex Luthor villain. I know, right? Jeremiah Lexer. Um, I I don't want to. I'm trying to scan this and like try to find the official human body count. Link Jeremiah is currently at twenty seven. Um, six being his own family. Uh, eventually he uh, jumped headfirst out of a second floor window and died, and that's how he died. But um, golly, this is just an honest critique of Frightmare Manor. They don't play into that at all. Why not? It's excellent. I don't know why. Like they have all the makings of something super scary, and they're just like, here's a carnival. Here's They have his, like, I don't know, actual land. Actual <laughs> land and actual house. So, Carn-evil. That's literally the name. <laughs> literally the name. Oh, my God. People, uh... That's what we can do, Will. We'll, we'll plan together and start up, like, an actual cool haunted house for halloween see that plays up on that's a brilliant idea i think we should uh we should pitch that to ben for Ooh, that would be cool because <laughs> all 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 haunted houses are the same it's all the same theme you get the same kind of things but like imagine imagine going through a haunted house and no, like nothing is prompted like i picture hill house right yeah imagine walking through a big house like that and like all your actors could just be you you hear the guys on uh ghost hunters talk about like um residual hauntings these hauntings yeah. they're just doing what they would normally be doing yeah had they, if they were alive like have all your actors just be walking from like this room to this room they all have like a, a path that they follow and all your people that are in the haunted house can just go to wherever at their leisure but imagine walking around a creepy house turning a corner and seeing like a scary ghost girl just like standing at the end of a corner nothing's prompted she doesn't run at you maybe she just walks to the left and you don't see her until like you're at some other place in the house like have it feel like an actual haunted house yeah that'd be so cool see my thing is like i want a haunted house that and i think you could do it with this is like tell that tells a story tells a story like yeah. i feel like so many of them are just like yeah you walk through and then even the one like i worked um the one that the college did last mm. year and i mean that, that's all it was it was really good i think i think my sister's nodding her head that it was pretty good so i think i went to that one um but I would love to have something that tells like a coherent story that is also scary instead of like Bill Bill Jablinski was uh, the is maintenance, the maintenance worker on the Ferris wheel at the carnival until one day 
it crushed his head. And everyone laughed at him and they buried him in the foundation of the Tilt-A-Whirl. And now, Carnival. It's always something so... And now Bill mixed with uh, Pennywise yeah. and Dracula. And he wears a pig mask. <laughs> They're all going to kill you. Yeah. Tonight. They all have chainsaws without the chain. <laughs> Be afraid. There's a corn maze. I love doesn't it, it doesn't revolve around the plot. We just put it there. And then there's always the uh the weird torture rooms. Someone's always getting electrocuted in a chair yeah. at haunted houses. And that's just not thinking about that now, it's like, man. That's like real life scary. That's not like <laughs> I don't want to see anybody get electrocuted, I guess. That's like Make me feel like I'm in the Green Mile or something. But uh, I I hate that we've uh <laughs> made light of of Rup. I feel like he'd be very pissed at us. Well, I guess we'll find out when we go. Into be this, a this better cat. vampire. Yeah. Don't don't just stop it. Should have killed be Katie. A- <laughs> Put your money where choked, your mouth is. Choked. <laughs> Oh yeah, to do was grab her and run. What a stupid, what an inept vampire. I'm not even a vampire. I could be better than Rump. Tomorrow you're going to wake up. Local boy found <laughs> missing an arm and a leg drained of all blood. Uh, a note a note tied to, a, or a note left on his chest read, Say something again, bitch. <laughs> Signed Rump. With like a little bat. Yeah. Drawing by his name. Is this a new um, clever uh, ad for the new Batman movie? Find out. Yeah, really. It's everyone thinks it's a Riddler ad. Like, oh man, these these ads for Batman's getting so great. Did you see where no one shows up to my funeral? Everyone's just watching Batman instead. Then two years later, man, that was crazy. They actually killed a man. For yeah, it's Batman. like yeah. Two years later, remember when we all thought that was a. Uh, Part of clever marketing, Miss Jared. <laughs> but hopefully that doesn't happen. We're up. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go watch Batman with us. Yeah, you'll like. I'm it. sure you're a fine guy. You can yeah. watch Twilight if you want. <laughs> that might be. Uh, it might make him start killing again. <laughs> we probably shouldn't show him Twilight. But I, uh, I might watch Twilight tonight to. Uh, quell my vampire fears yeah that nothing makes vampires less scary than twilight exactly man what that's right if rup watches twilight and he's like wow they got everything right this uh this felt like a documentary <laughs> it, it just really captured the vampire aesthetic so well so now i know why you're in the mines all the time i wouldn't <laughs> want to sparkle either buddy oh man well i hope you all enjoyed the tale of rup uh, if you've heard that story before, maybe you're from Big Stone. I, I'm not from Big Stone, but I've always grown up 15 miles from Big Stone either way. Yeah. I was either 15 miles from it in Lee County. Now I'm 15 miles from it in Wise County, but I had never heard it before. I thought it was very interesting. Uh, if you've heard it before, let us know, leave a like. If, if you, if we got everything right, maybe we missed some things. I'd like to. If, or, or if you know more about the whole Rumpelstiltskin aspect of things, reach out to us and let us know that. Uh, 
You can follow us on Twitter. You can let yeah. us know there at uh, What's Your Theory. And I'll give you all the... On, on YouTube, assuming that the camera did not turn off about five minutes in. Yeah. That's another assumption we got to make. Or that the Whirling Wimpus did not steal the footage like, uh, like it does every week. Yeah. Well, I got to... I feel so bad not knowing the Twitter handle off the top of my head, but I know that there's some underscores in it somewhere because what's your theory was already taken ridiculous yeah find us on twitter at what's underscore your that's you are <laughs> underscore theory uh i tried to get it as close and as easy to remember uh everything else it was suggesting me was like wyt two three eight seven four five six two and i'm like mm. Don't no, think so. no, uh, we'll we'll stick with what's your theory, uh, but yeah, I'll I'll throw a when we get this episode up, I'll throw the link up there, and I'll throw the link up for some of our other shows, uh, to quell your curiosity on on the crazy things happening in Appalachia, mm-hmm. all around us. Oh, well, be careful on your way home. Did you bring the garlic? I thought you brought the garlic. Oh no. <laughs>